Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So glad you're joining us on Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. We're riffing on the word empowerment for 2020, and we are now on the letter O. (laughs) And I chose O to represent ownership. Um, And the ownership means, are are you owning your truth? Are you owning your successes? Or do you own your mistakes? And are you owning the stuff that's not true about you? So are you giving yourself away? You know, giving your good work away, giving your intelligence away, giving your creativity away. And so I want to encourage you for the next few weeks to focus on ownership. What is it you own currently? What do you want to own? And what is it that you need to just uh, donate away, give away, right? On purpose. Do it on purpose, not unconsciously. Ownership. And in the meantime, like us, share us. Write a review for Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. Do, do whatever it is that helps support and give you a sense of owning a piece of what empowers you. Meanwhile, here's our show. So I want to welcome you to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. Um, this is where we have amazing conversations, as you've been hearing. And before we get started with my guest today, I just want to remind everybody that now, now is the time to get my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book. This is a workbook um, built around work. Yay! (laughs) My guest has one too. Um, This is a a workbook built around my uh, journey, my personal journey to empowerment. So there's exercises, experientials, all sorts of really, um, I, I say amazing stuff, but stuff that actually I feel is tried and true because it's actually been worked by me. And now other people that, that are working the book are affirming that they're coming out through the end of the book feeling more empowered about themselves and having learned something amazing that they didn't know. So now's the time to get it. Live an empowered life, a 30-day journey. And they there are inspirational cards, you can't quite see them, that um, sort of like that that uh, are companions, so you can have a grab and go. If there's a day that you miss doing the book, just grab one of the cards, stick it in your pocket or your purse, go and pull it out during the day so you get a reminder of um, what it is you wanna focus on for that day. So with that said, I wanna welcome a a really amazing, inspirational woman who has uh, her own podcast, and um, she is all about inspiring and leading women. I want to welcome Colleen Biggs. Colleen, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm so honored to be here today, and this is an amazing book, so I think you need to recognize that it's changing women's lives, for sure. Thank you so much. I was so so happy to see you pop it up there. Oh, yeah, it's right here. It's on my desk, so I I used this book. I've been working my way through it, especially now. Right, now. now. 
we're, we're, and we're talking right now during the, what I call house arrest, Colleen, just this, this isolation period of time, right? Yes, I just call it a pause. You know, I feel like the earth is breathing and Mother Earth is dancing and celebrating. Uh, the air is cleaner. The mountains are more beautiful. Um, I'm, I, I am enjoying this time of creation and uh, community and connection. I just feel more connected with um, Earth and with so many other people. Um, I, I don't let the panic or fear or anything bother me. I, I just see possibility. See, and that's what I, excuse me, that's what I enjoy about you is that you're so positive and uplifting. And I mean, from our first conversation way back when, mm -hmm. um, you have always been that. And I, and I just, I love that about you. So, um, so why is that? Holly, why is that you're so positive? And <laughs> I wasn't always this way. Let me just tell no, you. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> um, so I was a happy child. You know, when I tell my story, I talk about um, standing up on a chair in front of an elementary school. I was in kindergarten. And this will date me a little bit, but I did stand up on a chair and sing You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Yeah, I remember that tape. Song. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I belted, no, but back then, right? We didn't have vid video cameras that people were videoing you and no one had cell phones or, so none of it was taped. But I remember standing there just belting it out, thinking that I was the best singer ever. <laughs> I was so confident. I was so confident. I have no idea really what I sounded like. Um, but I just remember that that little girl still existed when um what really changed my life and it's really no you know um the fault i say no fault of my parents because i am a child of divorced parents and i'm oh. also divorced twice myself so mm. i say that and but i'm also married for 11 years now very happily with seven kids and we just had our 11th grandbaby i think um i think oh it's my gosh wow I know. I know, and we can't see him or touch him or... Oh, how frustrating. I know. It's the first baby I haven't held. So um, it is a little frustrating. But moving on with what I was talking about, it was what my dad had said. And he said, you know, I think in confidence to my mother, I wasn't supposed to hear this, but it stuck with me forever. And it took therapy to pull this out of me. He said, she's not worth $100 a month. Mm. So I always... Use the message when I'm talking to individuals that are going through a divorce, which is you need to remember that you're you're going through a divorce. You're divorcing your husband. These children should not be involved in anything going on. Like you need to be the best mom. He needs to be the best dad. Their relationships are with you individually. You guys need to set your you being a couple, you know, separate from what's happening there. And um, and so I kept that tucked down for a long time and built my worth off of what attention I would get from other people. And you can imagine I got that through dating boys, um, attention from other people. Um, and I didn't realize that what I was doing, and this is um, a common, I, I want someone listening to this to hear the message. If you find yourself looking outward for approval, Yep. For someone to make you happy. Um, right. like for I someone hear, to love you. For someone to love you. Um, for peace. Um, that is 
building layers upon layers upon layers of the cage that you're living in. And oh, so, I totally agree. Yeah. So it was probably oof, 15 years ago, a girlfriend of mine said to me, um, have you always been this uh, rough or is have you just built this cage um, over the years, you know, and just blocked yourself off so much that you can't, nobody can get to you. And I think she was trying to tell me, because it was when I was going through divorce, she was, oh no, so it must have been about, gosh, 19 years ago, <laughs> I think it was, or 17 years ago. Um, it's been that long since my last divorce. And when she said that to me, it made me, it kind of threw me back. And I thought, do, am I standoffish like that? I'm not standoffish. I'm a nice person. Everyone likes me. She's like, I, I know you and you've let me in, but you feel safe with me. You won't let anybody else in. Like your husband didn't even have a chance. Wow. And so, yeah. you know, I blame divorces on the opposite person. And it wasn't until I went through therapy, got coaches, got a community and really allowed myself to be vulnerable and open up that I realized that I was just, I think I felt like I was being weak. I was being weak because it was the easiest to protect myself and stay in my cage. So okay, I wasn't wait. strong. I want to talk about that. Good. So uh, you felt Good. like you were being weak by, by letting people in. I was weak by not letting people in, by blocking myself off, you know? So here I think I'm being the strong person. I can handle oh. anything and everything, bring it. That's how my attitude was. I had the, the label that I was a survivor. I'm not kidding you. People used to call me a survivor. She can survive anything. She can get anything done, right? Because I was a single mother for a long time. I've been through a lot of hardships. I grew up with a very abusive father. and so. I was a survivor. And if you know Lead Up For Women, which is the company I own now, you know that it's all about thriving, no more about surviving, right? Surviving is barely getting by. And when you're surviving, you're, you're dying. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to, it, it's interesting. I got two things I want to tap on yeah. right now. Uh, that a lot of people um, over the last couple of few decades think that being a survivor is a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And in, sometimes it is, but it's kind of like, I think a lot of women have this story of having to protect themselves. I know I certainly did. I had, I had, I I'd often talk about, there was like this brick castle all around my heart with a moat and drawbridge up and no, you know, and my ex-husband, there was no way he was getting in there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh-uh. I love him, right? I thought I loved him. He mm. thought he loved me, but there was no, I just, because of her past hurts and harms, you know, and I think a, a lot of women must have that. So then of course you're not thriving, you're imploding, you're, mm. you're dying within, there's no love coming in because you're so defended, right? Yeah. And so I, I say weakness because it was until I was willing to step out of the cage, which here's another message for somebody listening. If you are in the cage nobody's coming. God, yes. <laughs> the handle's on the inside. That's so, good to know. Yeah. Nobody's coming. So the permission comes from you. Um, the decision comes from you. And uh, I know, trust me, especially now, I hear it all the time. Yeah, but if we had more money, then it would be this. Or yes, oh. if I had more or if I had a job. I just hear it from everybody. 
money does not run um, happiness or joy. And I, I say, have said this forever all the time um, because I really truly feel that we need to ensure that we are looking inward for our own happiness and our own for us to thrive. And when I gained the courage, which I say courage and bravery, because to step out of the cage, to step up out of the shadow, to show up and to be seen means I can experience the most immense joy, but I also just open myself up for the most horrible pain that could ever happen in my life because now I'm truly feeling everything. Yes. And and I think that's the that really is the reason why we're all here is to feel everything and when we deny ourselves those feelings we aren't thriving and 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 so so then weakness gets translated into vulnerability, yes? Yeah, yeah which is, is the strength. So right. I almost see it like, you know, um, instead of being locked in a cage, right. I let myself out. So now I kind of picture myself more like wonder woman with, you know, her shield. Right. So now I see myself more as being this really brave person. Um, and I might have a shield that I hold on my arm or something like that to, you know, kind of pivot and shield myself every once in a while from something I might need to, because, you know, just because you've stepped out of the cage and woke up, doesn't mean the whole society and culture and everyone else have. So that's why I built this company was because once I woke up and you know this, Susan, because you've done the same, you cannot deny um, or go back the opposite direction. And your only mission in life is to bring everybody else with you. And God, help yes. Them, help them to have a better life. Help them to believe in themselves. And if I could name one thing, that's my um, light as a you know leader that God blessed me with. So I've been talking a lot about light leaders and holding the lamp right now in dark times is my ability to just be present and help others feel comfortable enough to just be themselves, no judgment. I just love them for who they are. And there's no need for me to judge because I really feel like we have someone who's going to be judging and that's not for us to do here on earth. Um, and you know, and that's really gotten me through some hard times when my father passed away probably about eight years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. um, he hadn't seen me since I was probably 15 years old. Wow. I didn't even know he passed away. I got a phone call. And when I went there, um, the people that were there didn't even know that I existed. So people in his personal life didn't even know he had a daughter. Oh my gosh, um, honey. Right. And see, most people that would hurt. And I think if I was in the cage, it just would have been another lock, another layer, right? But right there in that moment, I was like, you know what? These wonderful people around him that I don't know have these great things to say about him. So somewhere along the way, he got on the right path. And somewhere along the way, he was able to give to others and... I'm not here to judge what happened when I was a child or how he treated me or what was in his past. You know, we all screw up. I mean, I've screwed up, you know, my divorces and I've had to repent and say, I'm sorry and all that. So who am I to judge? I just need to allow him to be buried. Everything I'm carrying around for baggage that has to do with him goes down with him. And I walked away lighter and happier and freer 
because it had nothing to do with me. The way he treated me, the way he abused me, mm. um, had nothing to do with me as a person. It mm-hmm. had everything to do with him. And that message of understanding that those that judge you, those that put you down, those that um, project their insecurities on you, it's all about them. And it's all about them. Once you know that, Susan, isn't it freeing to just know that I, I can walk around and do what I do because I believe in myself. And if somebody doesn't like that, that's okay. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't change where I go or which path I take. I'll be honest with you, Colleen. There's days where I have to sit down and work on that. But, you know, where if I get a barb thrown at me, not, you know, not maliciously. Well, okay, not always maliciously. But, you know, if I feel it, sometimes I think, oh, my God, it's me. I, I, I have to do a lot of double checking. Is it is this mine or is this theirs? And especially when there is an emotional Okay, so you know I'm an ener- I'm intuitive and I'm an energy worker, and so I can feel when, even if I'm not in the room with somebody, right? I can feel their emotionality if it's coming at me, you know, negative or positive. Yeah. And um, and so oftentimes I'll I'll get a feeling about a certain person, anybody, and then I have to check in: Is this me? is this mine or is this theirs? And they're upset about something and they think I'm, I'm to blame, you know, or it's my fault or, you know, and being, being a type one diabetic from close Mm. to 30 years ago. Um, and I've learned that one of the, um, components of becoming diabetic, a type one diabetic is you take on too much responsibility. And so I often now, now that I'm more uh, aware, uh, check in is, is this mine is, is what just happened or what I felt mine. And then when I can figure out that it's not mine, it's so much easier to let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, uh, I have a little secret to tell you my, um, my best friend in high school was type one diabetic. And then I married, my, um, husband was, a type one diabetic and his brother was type one diabetic. Oh my and goodness. His father was type one diabetic. So we thought my son was going to be type one diabetic. We're not out of the woods yet. I mean, he's 22 years old, but, um, you know, he has a really good chance of, so I'm, I'm very educated on diabetes. Yeah. And to <laughs> be married adults <laughs> and to be married to one is a, is kind of a, a roller coaster ride. Oh yeah. Imagine. Because um, you, we already feel like the caretakers, you know, as mm-hmm. females and the nurturers. Yeah. And so, um, I don't like to take on the role as mother with my, you know, spouses. And for a long time in the beginning, I felt like I needed to, uh, to take care of him because he was making a lot of stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And one day I just thought I'm done. Like I'm not, you've got to take care of yourself. And you, people used to say to me, why don't you tell him he can't have that? Why are you letting him eat that? Like, I'm not his mother. I'm not, he can make his own decisions. And so, you know, that was, uh, that was a tough time, you know, when um, you, as mothers and as um, wives, the, I find this common in women now. And another reason why Lead Up for Women is here is because we have so many identities that yeah. they um, cloud and become uh, in the forefront over our own identity. And yes. So, 
I remember when my kids grew up and moved out, I always used the little story that, you know, I was eating fish sticks and listening to music that and shopping where my kids would shop. And one day I was like, I don't even have any kids living at home anymore. Like, <laughs> what do I want to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, other than vacation, I knew where I wanted to go on vacation because it was about you're coming where I like to go on vacation. But um I just, you know, I had to find my identity again. And again, I think I went through a uh, loss. I grieved being a mother when my kids grew, yes. you know, grew up and moved out as an empty nester. And I think that we can bridge that a little bit easier for women is if they are able to feel empowered as an individual and tap into who they are to live their best life now and not wait until your kids are grown up and move out. Then you're like, oh, now I can be me. No, you could be you from the time you are born. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have to wait um, right. until your responsibilities are different. Right. And yet, uh, it, at least in, in our generation, you know, that that wasn't necessarily always available to women no. to be, no. to be fully, to be fully me, you know, in high school, when I was growing up, what called way too much attention to yourself yes. And then you weren't in any of the, the popular groups that, of course, a teenager yeah. really wants to be a part of. It, you know, I think it's changed a bit, but yeah. So it, it's interesting um, because I think a lot of empty nesters do grieve and it, it is, it is um, a form of death. It's, a, it's a kind of a form of your, the motherhood, you know, and, and that mothering transitions into a different kind of being a mother, mm-hmm. right? As, as oh, you're yeah. now with adults and they don't want you telling them what they do, what to do. So you have to like drop into more of a listening mode as opposed Support to mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. As opposed to a guidance and, and discipline mm-hmm. mode. You yeah. know, I remember when, well, this was happening at the same time that uh, my marriage was falling apart. My son was graduating from high school. He was 18 and I was hiking in the woods and I crying and sobbing and Oh my God. And I, and I, He's going to go to college and I'm getting divorced and, you know. I'm going to be the cat lady on the corner. <laughs> I'm getting, right. I'm like, oh my God. And nobody's going to love me because who wants this body, you right. know. And, uh, and I, it hit me and I, I, I lead a lot of guided meditations and they're mostly because I, they drop in into my consciousness. And so all of a sudden I was, well, I'm hiking in this beautiful, in the beautiful mountains. and I. I see this box in my mind's eye and I heard, just put all your memories in that box, Mm. all the memories of your son growing up, all the happy memories of your marriage in another box, Mm -hmm. and then you can close the box. But that box is always there if you want to revisit all those happy memories. And and it, it made me feel lighter when I was done hiking because I knew that even though my son was growing up, those happy memories yeah. are always there in that box, which really is within my heart, right? You know, so I didn't have to feel like I was losing something. Yeah. Um, of course, then the roller coaster began, but <laughs> that's another and story. then And then, yeah, I think at that point was when I started mothering my husband and he was like, no, 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 I'm not the replacement. You know, Uh, I know how to buy my own jeans and get my own stuff and I'm good. You know, (laughs) and I was like, no, I have nobody to take care of, (laughs) you know? So you can teach a class on that, by the way. I just wanted you to to know. Yeah. 
<laughs> you could teach a workshop for mothers that are becoming empty nesters and how they deal with that grief. That would be an yeah. amazing workshop for women. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have that. Uh, I do. It's so funny you bring that up because I do have that as one of my workshops uh, that I'm developing. So yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, that's a very niche um, uh, amount of of people in a market. You know, it's yeah. very very niche for who that is for sure. So yeah. so is this how Lead Up Women was then yeah. happened because you were empty nesting and going. Okay, yeah, what am I going to do mean, now? Yeah, kind of. So that happened. And then um, I went on a self-discovery uh, journey. And mm -hmm. uh, my roles were switching around at work. I had been at the same corporate office for 17 years. Um, loved what I did. Loved the, the clients that I worked with. I coached a lot of CEOs. Launched over 300 businesses. I loved what I did. Um, but not so much, um, you know, really not just being disrespectful. but. Um, I felt because I was free um, that I had this great potential. And then all of a sudden I felt like other people were caging me and then other people were labeling me. And before I know it, I felt like I was kind of being tethered again. And um, I kept, you know, creating more programs. Like I created a gratitude program and was helping with the culture and doing these things for people, right? I have the words behind me, kindness and respect. So I just want people to respect each other. I just want you to be kind to each other. And when you have an authentic relationship and you're open and honest with somebody, it's easy to have what everyone would call a quote unquote hard conversation because they're not hard because you're there and you, you're everything that comes out of your mouth and the conversations you're having are for the benefit and the best for the situation or the other person, right? Because it's coming from your heart because now you're not, whoops, you're not here you know, you're here in your heart. Right. But so, so, so Colleen, did you have to teach people how to be kind and respectful? Because I, I think a lot of people would say, I'm going to tell you what I think. And it's because I'm, 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 it's from the goodness of my heart. Do you know what I mean? They could twist that. Yeah, no, um, I do the, you know, lead by example. Mm -hmm. So um, I would write uh, positive quotes on my, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but I also designed the corporate office uh, based on, you know, how we interacted, uh, cause I used to help design the stores. So I designed the corporate office and we all had glass walls that were, you know, in front of us and we all had open concept, um, offices. So I would write quotes, um, on this glass every day of positive things. So it was by what I did. I led by example on the positive things I would do and, and how I would help people around the office and, and how I was always there to help with projects and, um, you know, just giving of my time to the point where sometimes you become the yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. And before you know it, it's hard for you to say no, because everyone thinks that you're going to say yes. So if you say no, you're like, oh, you know, now they're going to be upset if I say no. But it was at that point that I realized that I had a lot of, um, I was really working toward a specific position in the company that I wanted and I'm climbing this corporate ladder for almost 18 years. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty friggin' long ladder. And then I pitched for the job I wanted, which was, um, you know, I, it was the CEO and then us, us as executives. So, um, and again, no disrespect to the company at all. I really believe at this point, looking back, I'm, I'm a re I'm a very spiritual person and I believe that God works through other people. And I feel at that point, these doors were being closed because he needed me to come and build lead up for women. 
And so these doors were closing and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what I've been working for at this company for all these years. How much longer do they think I'm going to stay around? Like, I just can't, you know, I need to grow and learn. I, I'm just a sponge, right? I got to keep moving forward and, you know, have this action going on. So um, there was a lot of tears in my house, a lot of crying. I would sit and, you know, vent to my husband and he's like, you're just unhappy. And um, I was at a women's retreat one time and in the room, we went around the room and they asked us to share our stories. And that room was silent. No one moved for three and a half hours. No one got up and went to the restroom. And we were the closest loving band of sisters in a matter of three hours of everyone sharing their story. And I was like, this is it. Powerful stories. Women need each other. And I'm so tired of women competing. I'm so tired of the judgment. And in this moment, it didn't matter what we did, who we were, where we were from. We loved each other. We were supporting each other, hugging each other, crying with each other. And I said, that's it. I went to um, a gentleman that I've been working with for a lot of years. He owns a, a magazine and um, puts on events. He's a huge networker and connector. And I said, uh, do you want to partner with me? I want to build this women's organization. And he was like, I'm in. It didn't even take him any time. He's like, I'm in. If you're doing it, I'm in. And um, so him and I had built this a network of people because I was authentic and connected with people for over so many years that it was very easy to transition into building this purposeful community of women because I had so many women that believed in me and trusted me because I always showed up as me all the time, you know, just as I was. And, um, and so I wanted to help pave a way and pioneer mm -hmm. a path Mm -hmm. um, for women to be able to lean into their purpose and their strengths opposite of what corporate America has always back in my day taught, which is, oh, you're not good at this. Well, let's send you to school. Let's work on everything you're not good at. And we're not going to have you work on anything you're really awesome at. You know, <laughs> now I stand for what are you so freaking awesome at? And let's help you build something out of that. Let's help you climb the corporate ladder with what you do really, really well, and just help women hone in on trust yourself, your intuition, like you said, you know, give yourself freedom, celebrate your brilliance. I'm reading what's behind you. Oh. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. Be you, you know, and be the strongest you you can possibly be. So I build everything in this community around authentically being you, showing up, being seen, holding the light, not shrinking back, not playing small, because I realized I was playing small most of my life and not showing up. Um, and it was the best thing I ever did. And I took a leap, girl. We're talking like nice salary, nice perks, you know, breadwinner in the family to, I'm just going to do this. My husband's like, what? <laughs> and my life has been the happiest it's ever been. The happiest I've ever been and um, anyone can do it. And I really think the reason why I haven't written my book that I want to write um, in the end, which might have to do with something about, you know, releasing yourself from a cage or, you know, showing up for you or something like that. Um, I've been able to co-author some books, but, you know, like the book that you wrote, I feel that we have to have our, our experience in our rearview mirror to mm -hmm. be able write about it and to um, 
and I feel like I'm still learning and um, I'm still growing and things are in my windshield still. Does that make sense? You know? it, do, it does kind of make sense. Although I can't see that you have any bugs on your windshield right now, <laughs> no. Colleen. I no, don't it's think a clean so. clean windshield. I okay. do have a very clean car. Um, I do have a very clean car. I am a very organized person. Um, and I do see very clearly through that windshield. Um, and I, I just uh, know that there's more that God wants me to go through and more experiences and more women that are crossing my path that are going to teach me and lift me. Um, I, I say it all the time. If, if um, learning is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. And it's so true. Um, we we're never at the point where we can stop learning. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, I've learned so much from you. I learned from you when you were on my podcast, I learned from, um, the women that send me their, uh, questionnaire when we spotlight them in our newsletter, when I read our magazine and I learn from all the women that write their articles and, and share their story and, and open up and become vulnerable with our community. You know, these are the areas to me that, that make the journey so awesome. And I, I was living for the destination solely for the destination. I was focused on where I was going and I was going to get there because I was a survivor, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thrive. A lot of us, a lot of us do that. Yeah. The um, end goal. Thriving is where it's at. And I can only tell you because I'm experiencing it. Like my brother-in-law um, last year was running a, I used to be a runner, like marathons, half marathons, you know, that was my thing. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I like to take on challenges just for fun to see if I can do it. And um, two days before the race, he came to me. I haven't ran in like a few years. And he said, um, yeah, I'm running this half marathon. And I said, really? All by yourself? He said, yeah. I said, did you want me to go with you? He's like, oh my gosh, that'd be great. So two days notice, I haven't ran or anything. And I just was like, I'm going to be there for him. It wasn't about time. It wasn't about a goal. And it was every time I tell people I ran it, the first thing they ask me is, oh, what time did you get? Because it was about the destination for them. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, three and a half hours is about how long it took us. And they look at me like, well, you seem to be in pretty good shape. So that's a little odd. <laughs> and I laugh and I say, well, the first time I ever ran a half marathon, I ran it in two hours. But this time I got to meet people. I got to watch the elite marathoners lap me and just in awe of how amazing they are. I got to experience a journey that I had ran so many times in my life and didn't even know it existed around me. Right. And so that's the message um, for living your journey is the destination's great um, and you'll get there eventually. But for me, it's the journey that we really live in. Yeah. So, so Colleen, we, we have just a few minutes left, but I everything you've been saying, and I think you're going to have to come back again so we can talk more because what you just were saying about where you were in the corporate world and how you were uh, working 18 years to get to a certain goal and things like that, that to me is, okay, so we're we're talking currently while the coronavirus is going on. I don't know when this airs, but that's the, that's the circumstance. We're History. talking in, right? <laughs> yeah. And and so what we're seeing is everybody staying at home, and it's the opportunity to reinvent. And the old modalities of business, economics, 
the way people interact, all of that has fallen away. It, it doesn't work and we are watching it all crumble. And so the opportunity coming out of this is what kind of new way of doing business do we all want to co-create? And you just said several things of, of being in community and, and not judging and being kind and respectful. These are things that don't necessarily apply in businesses when people think that there's a deadline and a goal and a top level money thing they have to get to. It, it disregards all the humanity, all the people, all the brilliance uh, of the individuals that individuals bring. So, yeah. so what really briefly, what do you think the, the new way of doing business is going to look like? The new normal, I call it, because... Well, uh, I don't know that it'll be normal because we're going to be in a shift for probably a couple thousand years. Yeah, I think it's the new, like the new economy, the new, you know, I yeah. think the value of the dollar is going to look a lot different because uh -huh. for those that are that lived through it and listen and are listening to this, they would know that toilet paper became one of the most valuable things on earth over a dollar, honestly, yeah. Yeah. that quickly, that quickly. Um, and so uh, exactly what you just said, Susan, I agree with you. Um, I believe that people finally, it just warms my heart are finally going to be doing business with people you know, and the more that you are real and authentic and show up, um, people want to do business with people they like. And yeah. I've never liked the slimy salesman from way back in the day that, you know, used to be that, that, you know, feel of someone that was selling you. And right now is the time that we need to be supporting and loving and, um, giving. And, you know, I live my life that way already. So I this has too. really not been a huge shift for me other than I just don't get out as much during the week to meet people in person. And I'm dying to hug somebody like yeah, dying. <laughs> I am an extrovert. So I love I hugging. Touch. Yeah. I need touch. Um, my husband's like, you could just sit and hug me all day if you'd like. <laughs> I don't have any animals around my house. So I don't even have any of them to um, can't hug my grandkids. So um, the new normal moving forward is I think that there's going to be a greater appreciation for people a greater appreciation for uh, employees that work for you. So companies that, you know, the, the people that work with them. So the teams, the communities, a greater um, uh, respect for money and a greater respect for family, for people that are, um, that you have in your life and for the things that you, that can't money can't buy, because yeah. that's what we're all living on right now. Everything that money can't buy is what we're living on now. And those are the things that are coming to the forefront. And I'm like wanting to jump up and down on the top of the mountains because this is really what I live for and what I've been building. And the community of women that I know, if we all work together, we can change and disrupt uh, society and culture and what the stigma of you know equality and all of these pieces, it takes two to tango. We're all in it together. That's right. I, yeah. I am getting chills as you're talking, Colleen, and, and I'm hearkening back to that, that five-year-old who stood up and sang, what was the song, Debbie's? You light up my life. I can't sing. Okay. <laughs> you, you light up my life. And, and I think that that's where we're going okay. is we light each other up instead of trying to 
push each other aside. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Colleen Biggs. I love oh, so you, Susan. Happy. Susan, so, you're like my soul sister. I love <laughs> I, I appreciate that and I felt that. And that was a virtual hug, I think. Yes, it was. <laughs> my heart's reaching toward you. <laughs> so um Tell everybody where they go yeah. so they can uh, sign up for your magazine and all, all the other stuff. I'm going to make it very simple. Everywhere you find me, which is LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our website, it's all leadupforwomen.com. Leadupforwomen.com. Okay. And you can find me, um, podcast that way, everywhere, website. And we have so much free content on our website for you to download. We are a membership organization because we do bring women in and um, use all of our platforms for them to continue sharing their stories and building their businesses and getting maximum exposure. Because once you step out of the cage, it's go time. It's go time and there's no going back, ladies. None. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Great thing. That's a great thing. So I just want to remind everybody, um, get my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. And I'm also offering um, currently a free guided meditation that you can get um, at susanburrell.com backslash free-gift-meditation. And it's so funny, you talked about the cage, Colleen, because the title of this meditation is Out of the Box Thinking. (laughs) <laughs> get out of the box that's right <laughs> that's right so thank you so much my my absolute adorable new friend oh, thank yeah. you for joining me and um i'm just going to end with and so it is namaste namaste well that wraps up our empowering chat today i hope you enjoyed it and if you did go to susanburrell.com you can See all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>